Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Mmm. That's it. MMA. BKB. BKB. Oh, MMA. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, so I guess we're, we're here to talk about MMA. I guess most of the viewers are tuning in right now to this UFC Vegas 32, Corey Sanhagen versus TJ Dillashaw live preview show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This is the, uh, oh, you can see my face now. This is I, Alexander Kaylee. Normally, we have uh, Mike here on host duties, but he is on site in Tampa at BKFC 19 as bring you that white hot coverage all week. So you have to settle with me as your host. But luckily, I am joined by the expert of experts, the computer, Jose Youngs. I'm a computer? Why? You, your memory is immaculate. Uh, okay, I'll take it. Also, you are an emotionless husk is also what I was getting at, but more so the memory thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good assessment. <laughs> and of course, producer extraordinaire, E. Casey Lydon. I am a robot. What a nice shirt. I'm a professional. I dress up <laughs> for preview shows. Well, oh, I love I love the energy of this show already. Uh, guys, we have MMA. A you know re- what it stands for? I don't know. What I'm does asking. it stand for? I, I'm, I'm asking. Okay. I have no idea. Yeah, okay. I, hear, I hear people say it a lot. I just, yeah, I just, you know, I, one of those. I hope people are tuning in because we're finally going to answer what MMA stands for after all these years. Maybe nothing. I think it's like KFC. You know, KFC obviously used to stand for a Kentucky Fried Chicken, but legally KFC is just KFC now. Like if the copyright is just KFC. Anyway, it's a whole branding thing, but obviously, yeah, yeah. So MMA, we're here to talk about it. We have what I think is a good card. Most of most people in the media, we seem to be kind of excited about this card from what I'm seeing. So I don't know if we need to sell it to a, to a broader audience, but that is the main not our event. job as journalists. No, we're not of course selling. Not, of course that not. is the UFC's not PR. job. Stop doing the UFC's job, AK. We are not PR here to talk about UFC uh, Vegas 32, which you can purchase on uh, ESPN. If you're not an ESPN <laughs> Plus subscriber, make sure to subscribe to ESPN Plus. You how get all these cards How much is it per month? I don't know, in US dollars, because oh, it's like it's like, only, almost like 30, you know, only it's like $30 Canadian. $30 what? a month? 
Hold on, we got you're paying Casey, thirty dollars a month. But Casey, we got to work in our wait. Hold on, we got to work in our script here. Hold on, oh, yeah. what? How much? How much is it? Just one easy payment of five dollars a month. Five. What are you kidding? Five dollars a month? Oh, I'll I'll call right away. Uh, I, how do we, I don't know? No, I, we don't even have ESPN Plus in Canada. That's actually the joke. We uh, we uh, we, uh, we you guys don't for... you guys don't even know how to spell Sports Center. <laughs> All right, listen. I can't. <laughs> That's true. It is con- it is confusing for people. Uh, let's talk about the card, guys. Okay. Uh, one thing that doesn't need selling the card is, of course, the main event: two division bantamweight, uh, two division. Oh man, oh, I'm on fire today. One. Oh, two time UFC bantamweight champion TJ Dillashaw returns from a oh, uh, that was a, <laughs> from a two year suspension for uh, after testing positive for EPO. Uh, I'm sure if anyone doesn't know about it, UFC has done a fine documentary on Fight Pass documenting his struggle to come back from this uh, this two-year suspension. Uh, but he fights Corey Sanhagen, number three in the MMA fighting global rankings, number three ranked bantamweight. So huge, huge, huge main event on Saturday. Great fight style-wise, a fight that uh, Corey Sanhagen has wanted for a while. Uh, Jose, I'm just going to ask you, man, what's how excited are you for this particular ten. matchup? This is, a, this is a 10 out of 10 main event. This is the every definition of a 10 out of 10 main event for a card on ESPN. I wish you the only that like I, the only thing I would say is like, I wish maybe this was an ABC card because then it could hit a broader audience. But like, this is a 10 out of 10 main event. And if this was like a between the link show or whatever, and we're going to like, Oh, what's the best fight of the of the week. And of course the answer would be Corey Sanhagen versus Tila Dillashaw. Would that be the, the answer that the judges and everyone would look for? Probably not, which means it is the best. Uh, fight card fight of this entire week bare knuckle ufc any other local fights in the in the area this is a 10 out of 10 main event against arguably the two best bantamweights in the world and we've been talking about bantamweights being being the best division and the most stacked division for so long and that's true like the 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 champion right now aljamain sterling a lot of people think he's not the best bantamweight in the world a lot of people don't think Piotr Jan is the best bantamweight in the world. Who was the guy that quote that quote unquote Algermain beat? Yes, there was the DQ loss. But for all we know, Corey Sanhagen and TJ Dillashaw are the two best 135ers in the world. They just don't have belts. So this is a this is an 11 out of 10 main event. I am so excited for this card. I wouldn't care if this was the only fight on the card. This fight is every definition of a high level martial arts competition against two of the top 1%. Now, I say top 1%. I'm not talking about top 1% of Bantamweights in the world. Top 1% of fighters in any weight class. TJ and Corey Sanek could very well be top 15 pound for pound. I'm very excited. 11 out of 10 in my mind. Uh, you know, it's funny. You bring up, of course, the cha- the <laughs> UFC champion, Aljamain Sterling, and uh, some people who think the would-be champion, uh, Piotr Jan, mm-hmm. the former champion. Uh, TJ Dillashaw, when he was on the Food Truck di- Diaries earlier this week, or I should say maybe this past weekend, talking to a Brendan Schaub, says something to the effect of, I feel like Corey and myself have uh, have a stronger claim to the uh, bantamweight title than Aljamain or, you know, whoever wins on Saturday, than Aljamain or Piotr Jan. So guys, like you know, I mentioned our global rankings. We have our own rankings now. Uh, Jose, let me go back to you quick in case I come to you. Jose, what do you think your, you know, your rankings ballot will look like uh, if Corey Sanding, let's say, no, let's say Corey Sanding smokes TJ Dillashaw or the other way around. Does one of them jump ahead of either man in your, your personal rankings, either Piotr Jan or Aljamain Sterling? Corey Sanhagen won't just because Aljamain Sterling submitted him in what, like mm-hmm. a minute. 
So I think that's the only knock against him. But like that was so long ago and he's been like, especially if he smokes TJ, that would be three. Like that would be Marlon, who many people consider to be still one of the best 135s in the world. Frankie Edgar, future Hall of Famer. And one of, if not the knockouts of the entire year of 2021. Uh, What? Also like less than a minute. The only thing he has against him is Aljamain Sterling just kind of tore through him. Uh, But if TJ goes out there and smokes uh, Corey Sanhagen, Maybe two, maybe second overall. I still kind of, in my mind, I still put whoever has the belt number one. Like I know the UFC puts the C next to them, but in my, I know we don't do that, but in my mind, I still just default put them number one. And then TJ would be number two and Peter Yan would be number three. Uh, but if we're just going talent wise, if TJ goes out there and smokes Corey Sanhagen, I still think he's the most talented 135er in the UFC. And and could Sanhagen jump Yan in your rankings as well? And vice versa, if, if Sanhagen wins, does he jump Yan? Uh, that's tough too because he was what like a round and a half away from beating Aljamain Sterling. Like he was looked like it kind of don- he was looked it looked it appeared he was on his way to a victory for the DQ. So uh, he looked really good against the guy that submitted Corey Sanhagen in a minute. So I think again, I think Corey would probably sit at number three if he no matter if he wins if he wins, and I think TJ would probably be number two in my mind. But depends on how he wins. First of all. Uh- Bachelor number two, same question to you. Uh, what happens to your rankings if uh, TJ or Sanhagen has a really emphatic victory on Saturday? Do they jump? Oh, I, I'm not sure what your Jan Sterling one-two looks like, but do they jump into that top two, either guy? Um, no, no. Uh, Jan, uh, my, my personal ballot, Jan still says number one, no okay. matter what. Um, Al Jermaine will remain at number two because he does have the victory over Corey Sanhagen. Yep. If they actually rematch, um, depend if... A lot of ifs here. If Corey mm-hmm. beats TJ, I do believe Corey is actually overall a better fighter than Aljamain Sterling. But Aljamain Sterling does have the win, and it's a semi-recent victory. Um, but um, I think uh, what um, the genius Ryan Hall said a couple weeks ago at his um, media scrum before his fight, the uh, MMA is such a volatile game, and... At the, at the highest level, <clears throat> judging um, kind of one um, one fight uh, who's better is very tough in the sport. Like like, like for example, like uh, the Phoenix Suns, they won the first two games and lost four straight. I see a lot of that with Corey Sanhagen and Aljamain Sterling. I think if they fought seven times, I believe Corey will be the overall better fighter. But Aljamain won that fight, and that's all we have to go on. So I would still have Aljamain ranked at number two. Now, the big question to me is – where do we if if TJ right now we have TJ unranked and that's really based on um, just on uh, our criteria because if you don't find eighteen months you're autom- you're not you're automatically unranked. Mm-hmm. If TJ loses, where do we rank him? Say he loses a close Ooh. five round fight. Yeah, where do you rank him? Because obviously you can't you can't keep him unranked. But yeah, uh, I, just, I don't know actually. I, mean, I have to we have to watch the fight and I don't know it's gonna. Just rankings is all subjective, you know. So it's just a be of course. rankings gonna be the rankings are gonna be fun after this fight, <laughs> basically. Uh as they as they always are. Yeah. Uh fun and and, and contentious. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I mean I I think he has to be like if he loses a close competitive fight, I, I can't imagine him not making my top ten. Um yeah, I have I think I, probably I haven't really thought about I'd it. Put uh, him in, I'd put him in, I would put him at four. Okay. Even if he loses, one, loses a good yeah, fight. Yeah. Yeah, a highly competitive I would, fight. I would argue that four. too. I mean, like just one above Rob Font. Like Rob Font is incredible, but mm-hmm. like 
again, we just like Casey just said it. Like, if Corey Sanhagen could be the best bantamweight in the world, he just had an off night that night. So who he's losing to number one at like best, and at worst, he's losing to three. So he's losing to someone in the top three. So I just stick him at four, especially if it's a highly competitive fight. Yeah, I mean, just for the sake of context, I'll tell people what our uh, – you can find our rankings, of course, on mayfighting.com. There's a nice little tab at the top, which links to all our rankings articles. Uh, right now, what it looks like is we have tied at number one, Aljamain, Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan. Four first-place votes for Aljamain, four first-place votes for Piotr Jan. And then Corey Sanhagen at three, Rob Font at four, and then Jose Aldo, Pedro Munoz, Marlon Marais. So as, as you said, Jose, I think we would all comfortably rank uh, Dillashaw ahead of Aldo, Munoz, Marais. And then Rob Fonts might be the one people disagree on. So, yeah, I, I, he yeah. probably comes in top five easily, um, regardless, uh, regardless, unless he looks, for some reason, absolutely atrocious on, uh, on Saturday. But and, and, his and, body of work is so strong. And what if Corey smokes TJ Dillashaw? Mm-hmm. Where do we mm-hmm. put him then? I mean, Corey smoked um, Frank Yeager, but we still have Frank Yeager top ten. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be a lot of debate. <laughs> to me, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a, a, in a good way. It's a great division. Yeah. It's a great division. If TJ loses the lowest in my, because I don't, I don't vote on our rankings, I'd stick him at five rather than three. Like he'd be below Fawn or above Fawn. That's pretty much what he's fighting for in my book. I still think he's a top five bantamweight. Jose, you mentioned just how amazing this fight is. Uh, it's again probably one of the best fights this year. Certainly one of the best on a on a free card. Um, reputations is such a big part of it. We already just talked about the sort of the ranking reputations. And of course there's this whole storyline with TJ Dillashaw coming back and the UFC kind of wanting to, you know, seemingly wanting to help out with this, uh, this reputation rehabilitation that he's currently going under. Uh, he's done, he's made the rounds. He's done a lot of interviews. His whole theme is kind of like, I wanted to get ahead of everything. That's been his idea since the drug test was announced, uh, to, uh, two April's ago. Um, so do you think that he's done enough to move on? Do you, and, and definitely, do you think a win, for the most part, other than people who are always going to bring it up, do you think the broader you know MMA scene is kind of like okay, whatever he won, clearly he can fight without whatever he was on before. It's and it becomes a backstory. Uh, maybe that's subjective too. Uh, in my mind, I think he's handled it well as best as you can. Like as you said, mm. he's gone in front of it. He's been incredibly transparent. Like he wanted an advantage. He admitted it. He's like he he was he's not pretending that he didn't take a banned substance to take an advantage. Uh, the only comparison I can think of is, do you remember Jason Jambi? I think he was the 2002 AL MVP for the Oakland A's. He tested positive for banned substances, and he came out and was like, yeah, I took it because I wanted to be better at baseball. Andy Pettit did the same thing, I think, with HGH when he was on the Yankees or the Astros. I can't remember which team he was on for testing positive. And the MLB commissioner at the time, Bud Selig, actually was commendable with them and gave them like lesser sentences and everything because of the way they handled it and then you see guys like roger clemens and barry bonds and everyone who are so adamant and like they push back so much and they argue even though all the evidence is there and they're still kind of on the outskirts of baseball while jason giambi and andy pettit had a lot had continued to play even after uh, and it wasn't nearly brought up as much like yes it's still there yes there's still questions but the fact that they were so transparent with what they were what they were doing i think uh helped at least in the minds of some fans but again it's all subjective i'm not going to try to argue with uh fight fans because that's silly uh but in my mind i think he's handling it as, as best he can 
uh, as and being as transparent as possible. Especially yeah. and like and like who's been the most like outspoken critic in terms of like fighters is been Michael Bisping. Remember, he's like he has nothing positive to say about anyone who has t- tested positive mm-hmm. for anything, even if it's like a uh, tainted supplement like Yol Romero. He still brings it up to Yol Romero. Michael Bisping on his own podcast had nothing but positive things to say about TJ Dillashaw because of how he's handling. So if you can sway Michael Bisping and saying something positive after you're po- after testing positive, you're clearly doing something right in how you're handling it. Yeah, yeah. you mentioned baseball. I think I think Alex Rodriguez was another good case. Uh, I think he fought it at first, or I don't remember. But then I wasn't later, trying to. I wasn't trying to bring him up. But I, well, I remember ESPN later they wrote this kind of gushing piece about how he was like putting his. It, it, and I thought about it immediately when I saw the TJ the UFC Fight Pass like documentary. I was like, this reminds me so much of like ESPN, like how they they kind of again were like, oh, Alex Rodriguez is, is trying to turn his. Life I down. think you know, they oh, just oh. wanted. I've opened I the think door. They wanted. I think they wanted <laughs> Alex Rodriguez to be part of the broadcast team. Yeah, well, and he was later right i think he did baseball tonight he was very good but i think they really wanted him so they were trying to like clean his image up a bit but that's that's uh real real quick go ahead review on the tj dillashaw history now we said uh tj openly admitted he took epo um for the flyweight fight correct against the yes and he he says he took that because he wasn't going to make weight correct was it or is it strictly like i'm just gonna punch harder or or was it was it very focused on i wasn't gonna make the weight that's why i had to take it i don't think it was the weight. i think it was that he couldn't train like he was so drained like i don't think i think making weight was kind of goes hand in hand because he's yeah like either you either he was gonna make weight and he wasn't gonna able to train or he's gonna train and not make weight so i think he was trying to do both uh at optimal uh, he was trying to optimize his weight cut while not slowing down the training I like TJ Dillashaw so much as a fighter, um, just, just mm-hmm. purely just fighting. But man, I, I mean, I'm just kind of going back in time, and when that whole go, I'm gonna go to 25. And I remember I was going, no, 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 <laughs> you've never even competed at 25, even when you were like younger. And I just thought, it was, I just thought it was the stupidest thing for the UFC to do, and clearly it was, and it you know cost them millions of dollars and in his legacy a lot. But, uh, but. Did they? T- I, I think I saw a little tweets about this. I wasn't really sure because um, I wasn't at the media day. Did they test um, TJ's old samples for EPO? Yes. And yes. So negative, that's what he right? says. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. What, what, said, we're, we're, we're taking that off of TJ's word. It's only like, come from they, TJ. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He said they tested as far back as the uh, a Sun Sao rematch. His second fight was a Sun Sao. That's that's according to him. Um, okay. I did. I sent a message. I did try to contact a uh, sort of send a message to Usada. They they have mentioned in the past they do not publicly comment on how far. Like if they are, they say they do do it. They certainly do test old samples, but they but they won't they won't usually won't respond to media inquiries about exactly how far back. So as so we're yeah. going on that we are taking we are taking Dillashaw's word. So we're taking the word from a cheater. Mm-hmm. I mean that's kind of the way that's kind of the way to look at it. And I don't. I'm, I'm, I mean I don't, I'm being negative. About <laughs> well, that. No, I'm, no, 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 no. I mean, saying, and the most, I, I thought I was. But the, it, it, it's not coming from Usada. It is coming from TJ. Sure. That, I just want to sure. lay that out. Okay. Yes. Yes. Look, the, the most cynical, the most cynical way to look at it is you you get suspended. You uh, I believe have to take. I also believe and- Jeff. I think Jeff Nowitzki also commented on it too. And yes. they said, I don't know. I don't think he was as exact, but he said they went back and tested. They go back. Too. Yeah, yeah. They they said they can do it. They can. They have the they have the capacity to do it, and they they will do it. So it's a certainly believable a believable thing for for TJ to say, but. He's off for two years, steps right back into a high-profile main event, possibly a number one contender's bout. So, uh, look, we're not here to tell you guys what to think, but, I mean, there's, like I said, I, the, the dynamics around 
his comeback are certainly more than just as I'm sure they'll say on the, I, I just can't wait to see how they dance around it on the broadcast. You know, it's kind of like, ah, yes, the, the returning champion, <laughs> returning to the division, to the well, division he never, year, where he never. And just, uh, just looking, because looking at the USADA uh, site, I just punched it in. Uh, TJ's been tested 11 times. Okay. Um, After it's been. In just 20, no, just 2021, like this year, like the last seven go. months. Okay, so he didn't, he didn't, he didn't get popped while he was under suspension, basically. Because correct. Okay, so good, cool. <laughs> uh, guys, let's let's get to the pick. Let's get again. This is this as I said. There's so much talk about this fight, and it's I think it just be so fascinating to watch. But let's just say let's let's break it down. Who who is going to win the dang fight? Pardon my language, Casey. Who's going to win? How do they do it? Corey Sanhanga. Younger, better, um, uh, fresher. Uh, just um, he's been in the ring more, and been in the cage more, and uh, yeah. Uh, I, T.G. Dillashaw is thirty-five. He looks like a, He kind of looks like an age thirty-five. He doesn't. He's not. He's not a young thirty-five. He doesn't. From just looking at some of his photos, but um, I think Sanhagen is the second best bantamweight in the world behind Peter Yan, and um, it's going to show. Uh, this Saturday night, and uh, I think it's going to be a dominant decision victory. Jose, Jose, go ahead. What do you think? I'm going to pick Sanhagen too. Don't know how it's going to happen, but I also I base a lot of my picks off of uh, strength of schedule, and I think TJ's two wins over Cody Garbrandt have not aged as well. Uh, yeah, and they both have the 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 wins over Lineker and Asuncao, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. The win over Lineker for TJ, to me, is still one of the absolute like if we talk about perfect games that was a perfect game all around uh i just think beating frankie marlin uh are a little more impressive especially in the last 12 months because when did he fight Algermain? last june july so at least 13 12 months ago we fought Algermain sterling like casey said activity uh younger faster taller i just think i'm picking Corey, but it's it's like 51 49 Corey sanhagen for me I'm always the last to get off of a, a train uh, or a bandwagon, whatever you want to call it, in MMA. So I'm sticking with Dillashaw. I think I, I just think I'm not saying he has the best resume at 135 pounds, no, but in my no. eyes, he's he's still the best. I think he's the best 135er I've ever seen. Um, so I'm I'm going that direction. Two years is a very long time in MMA. You're two years away from the game again with the, with the new names that have come up. Like I, I could be totally just crazy here, and Sanhagen is light years ahead of him. You know, in the two years that he's he's been gone. Um, but I, I think I have to see it. I think I have to see it before I'm willing to go. You know, to just say like Sanhagen's definitely you know the best guy uh, alongside Piotr Jan and Alzheimer Sterling. So yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm going. I'm going uh, Dillashaw, and I'll say Dillashaw by decision. What did you guys think for Sanhagen? You think he's going to finish? I don't know. I think it'll be a a uh, forty nine uh, what four was it forty nine forty six yeah. I think it'll be I think it'll be relatively uh, dominant, but competitive victory for San Hagen. TJ historically does very well in later rounds. Yeah, so I, if it's a dominant decision, it will be very interesting to see. I think he's the only mm-hmm. fighter in UFC history to have two fi- fifth round stoppage wins. I'm not oh, quite. Sure. I don't yeah, know, but it, very he likely. has to yeah, be way I'll, up. There. I believe that. Yeah, so, I believe that. Uh, he had and, and and then even Barrow, he finished in the fourth round too. So I think he finished Barrow in the fifth round, the fourth round, and then I think he finished Joe Soto in the fifth round. So like 
three straight fights that ended in the quote unquote championship rounds. But was- and San Higgins never fought in the championship round. So if it is a dominant mm-hmm. five round decision, like, but like we've not had that opportunity to see Corey yeah. do that. So but, it'll be interesting. And those victories for TJ, those late round finishes, though, he was dominant in those whole fights. It wasn't like he lost yeah. the first two rounds. And so Joe think- Soto fight was also on like 24 hours notice. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, this fight rules. This fight rules. Yes, it this is fight rules. a fantastic fight night main event. That's, a, and that's, that's I don't want to hear. I don't want to see any fans arguing that there's a better fight this week. There's not. Blueface and I knew you. I knew. I knew. I knew one of you. I knew one of you two were going to bring up bad bare knuckle. Had to mention. It's just bad not. It's just not nothing on New bare man. knuckle. Nothing like I'm fine. Like the bare knuckle <laughs> boxing is great. I think it's awesome. It's fun to watch. But if you're looking at the main card of the UFC, every single fight on the main card is better than every single fight in the bare knuckle 19 card. Ooh. Well, listen, like I said, we're, in terms we're of high level martial arts, hold on. Yeah, tell them, Casey. <laughs> listen, listen. Uh, like I said, like I said earlier, guys. We're not here to do PR for anyone. Uh, BKFC 19 tonight, 8 o'clock. You can order on our – go to any uh, any article on our website. You can order through that link. We're not here to do PR for anyone. Let's talk about uh, – like you said. One, last, one last thing on this. Oh, I'll, go ahead. Depending on how this fight plays out, it will be a interesting – because someone asked me this yesterday if this was better than next week's main event, the Bellator main event, and it is – I don't know. It's great. Both of them are 10 out of 10. Both of them are 11 out of 10. I think the only thing Bellator has over this is as for a title, and it's the end of a tournament. Yeah, and, 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 and it's going to be in front of a crowd. Under, and I think, and, and I think it really sucks that this fight isn't in front of a crowd. But um, yeah, yeah. safety first, safety first. But um, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Yes. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, all right, guys. Let's talk about some other fights in this card. Uh, 
we, I mean, normally we would immediately jump to the co-main event here, but we mm-hmm. kind of just got a co-main event by default. A very good fight. Uh, the originally scheduled bantamweight co-main event between Aspen Ladd and Macy Chasson was unfortunately canceled due to, uh, as the UFC reported vaguely, an injury. We have uh, we had sources that could confirm, yes, that could confirm that it was a uh, Chasson that that withdrew. So we don't know the nature of uh, of the withdrawal exactly, but an injury, Chasson withdrew. So yeah, you guys can. Well, I'm sure we'll hear more from, about that um, in the future. But either way, that fight is not happening. We don't know if it'll be rebooked. Bumped up into the co-headlining position is another bantamweight fight between Kyler Phillips and Hollyan Paiva. So I think a very good fight, but again, it's always kind of a weird situation when it's. I don't even know if you would actually call it a co-main event. It's kind of just now the second, the you know, the penultimate fight of the night. Um, you don't I, have I, to change the channel between the prelims and the main card, so everything's just on ESPN. It's just one sure. long card, pretty much. Yeah, with only one. So, so uh, I'll ask you first off. I mean, do you, if you have any thoughts on the Phillips Paiva main event, otherwise, what other card uh, fight on the main card? Casey, I'll go to you first. What other fight on the main card are you most interested in, and do you feel like could have been could have been the co-main? My pe- my personal people's main event is Barber versus Maverick. Um, mm. I think I love that. Fu- I mean, I I'm su- first off, I'm super bummed. Lad and Ch- uh, how do you say her last name? Chazon. 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 Yeah. I'm bummed that that didn't happen. Um, Lad is coming from that big um, her ACL surgery, so I was really excited for her to come back. And then now I'm seeing all this little drama online. Uh, apparently, Aspen and Aspen Lad's family are kind of accusing Macy of faking an injury. Uh, that's uh, whatever. That's trash. So that's kind of a bummer, but um, I hope that I hope that's a, like a oh I got a little cut. I'm, I'm, we can fight in a couple of weeks. I hope that's the that's the story because I really want to see Aspen Lad fight. I think she is a truly a top contender at bantamweight, and uh, who's only getting better. And who knows how good Macy is too. But um, but for me, Macy. Uh, I'm sorry, she ate. Is there two Macy's on this card? Macy's, is it? There are two. This is, a du- this is a double Macy card. Yeah, okay. I was like, I thought I made that up. Um, she's on. Yeah, it's like, oh, it, was, it was to be. I'm sorry. It was. It was I should be. say. I'm sorry. That's too soon. Sorry, guys. It was <laughs> to be a double Macy card. I yeah, but uh, the Barbara Maverick fight is a fight I'm really looking forward to because um, we'll see where Barbara is. Um, the UFC really pushed her. She pushed herself. Um, she, she went out there and said all the things that – the most confident fighter would say almost ridiculous thing saying I'm next John Jones. I'm going to beat John Jones's um, youngest, um, youngest uh, fighter to win a tight UFC title. Didn't happen. She's on a two fight losing streak. And now she's arguably facing a better fighter than her last two opponents that beat her already with Miranda Maverick, who's only getting better. And they're about the same age. Um, they have the same experience levels and uh, this fight rules. And and Maverick is one of those people, not just an amazing prospect at 125, but like her story, it just gets more interesting every time you read about her. She's like one of those world's mo- most interesting women type, yes. or woman type woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also getting her. I think she's still still pursuing her PhD as she yeah. is uh, serving as a fighter, which is just amazing. And she's only 20, 24 years old. Yeah. This is, I mean, she's, she's just the, a few months older than Barbara, actually. Yeah, this is insane. This is the rare car where she's and, not and, the and the only difference really between Barbara and Maverick is that. They both have two losses, but Maverick was fortunate enough to have her losses outside of the UFC. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like there, was, there wasn't like a lot of eyes on her. So yep. she could lose it and, you know, kind of go, okay, just, you know, brush yourself off and get better. As far, but Barbara, when she lost those fights, you know, it came with a, it came with a lot of ridicule afterward and stuff. And a lot of, it was unfair, you know, but, but she did talk a big game. And if you talk a big game, you gotta have to, you know, eat it, eat crow sometimes. 
Sure, so. sure. Uh, and, and I think she's done a decent job of that. Uh, again, she's young. She's definitely had some missteps, some some public missteps, uh, you know, as far as far as uh, uh, promotionally wise. Yeah. yeah, promoting herself. And that's fine. Again, she was she again, like you said, we, she came in at 21, 22 years old. Mm-hmm. So who among us, Casey, who among us? I would love to see some uh, some old footage of a 21, 22 year old uh, young case, young Casey Lydon full of piss and vinegar. Uh, <laughs> Doing getting it done, uh, uh, Jose. So, what is the other fight on the main card that you are looking forward to the most? Uh, the Coleman event with the Kyler Phillips Pavea fight. I think that's going to be a showcase fight for Kyler Phillips. From everything I've heard, because he's an Arizona uh, uh, resident, he trains here. Uh, from everything I've heard, him and Casey Kenny and Sean O'Malley and like that that group of bantamweights coming up, they all kind of came up together. Uh, I, I I had always heard a lot about Casey Kenny. Uh, I didn't hear a lot about Kyla Phillips on the, the like. I always saw him fight, but he was never one that was at like the the tip of everyone's tongue. And then Sugar Sean O'Malley, I, I then just kind of burst onto the scene with that uh, Dana White contender series performance. But for everything I've heard from people that have rolled with all these guys, is that Kyler is probably the best grappler on the ground. Like Casey Kenny is the strongest, uh, Sean O'Malley is the, the the longest and lankiest. But if they all if this was a straight jujitsu tournament, I think a lot of people would pick Kyla Phillips to win. So uh, from it. Also, and I've never heard this from him or anyone else in the camp. It's always just been people that have watched that Kyle Phillips can pretty much do whatever he wants against Sean O'Malley. I'm not saying he can do that now in 2020, uh, but this is just what I've heard from this scene. So I'm, I think that'll be a, sh- a showcase fight. And then there are a lot of, there are two really good ba- uh, middleweight fights on the prelims. Like Puna Soriano is an undefeated mm-hmm. prospect. Yeah. What, back-to-back knockouts in his first two wins. Brendan Allen is an incredibly high-level grappler. At 185, I know Sean Strickland jokes that he won by he took the coward's way out, won by ankle lock at UFC 261. <laughs> but that's absurd. What and before before his loss, Sean Strickland, uh, what was he like four, five wins in a row, and like they were a bunch of them were stoppage wins in the UFC. He is a future. I don't want to say he's a future champion, but he is very clearly both of these individuals. I think future top 15, top 10 middleweights in the world and i very much want to see brown allen rematch sean strickland at some point in the future because they just keep talking all that greasiness and then ian heinish whose last loss was what to kelvin gastelum and before that they were to amari akmanov and Derek brunson who were both top 10 middleweights at, at some point if not still in the U- i know amari akmanov just got cut but uh when they fought they were clearly top 15 top 10 middleweights in the world so uh, two exceptional middleweight fights to end the quote-unquote prelim cards, as I like to call it, just the halfway mark because you don't have to change the channel. The only difference is Bruce Buffer makes an introduction for the main, for the for the quote-unquote main card. So mm. two incredibly high-level middleweight fights, uh, and then a, there's I'm sure you guys are going to want to talk about the Randy Costa, Adrian Yanez fight. So I didn't want to take that, but uh, there's a ton. Oh, I mean, of good, this car, this fight card yeah. is. As really quote unquote diehard MMA fans' a dream, awesome, awesome card. This card yeah, is and, is everything. Next week's fight night card is not. Oh goodness! <laughs> I, I hope I, I I hope I'm glad Michael will be back. I think to host the preview show for that one because that's going to be a bit of a grind to get through. Uh, with respect, of course, to all the fighters competing on well, next there, Saturday's there's card. An, there's another card that night too, so we're good. Yeah. Uh, so Brendan Allen, uh, Jose, I just wanted to add, technically, technically is at actually still four straight wins in yeah. middleweight. His fight with Sean Strickland was, was, was a, a scheduled, right? yeah, and a scheduled yeah. one, not one where a guy missed weight, right? It yeah, was a scheduled yeah, yeah, yeah. weight bout. So if you want to say, so he is tied with uh, Derek Brunson and I think Uriah Hall for the second longest streak, uh, middleweight streak behind uh, Adesanya at 10. Ooh. So so uh, hat tip, by the way, of course, to Michael Carroll for the the great statistician. I saw him, oh, and, I saw him um, write that up. Somewhere. One last thing. Uh, 
on this card too, which I think has a lot of significance, mostly for her. But um, Sarge Eubanks, I'm sorry, uh, Sajara Eubanks is uh, fighting. Mm-hmm. She is currently yep. six and six. If she loses yes. the fight to a, a, a UFC debutante, she'll be yes. under 500. And this is for a woman that was going was scheduled to be in the main event in a flyweight fight in Madison Square Garden at one point. <laughs> and uh, now, so, she, now she's she could go under 500. She'll be on a three-fight losing streak. Three-fight losing streak. No, she's 36 years old. If she loses, yes. if she loses this fight, um, depending how the UFC sees her, you know, it could be, you know, her last fight in the UFC. So it's, yes. it's a lot of... And she had a lot of potential. I, I mean, like even her yep. like her losses, like she doesn't get blown out, but she just kind of no. loses. And she can't make. And she seems like to be a flyweight, but can't make that weight. So she's a small bantam weight. And yeah, here we are. She's just she's at that point where she's only lost to like the top seven mm-hmm. at bantam weight or flyweight. So it's like well, it's hard. Like- I don't I don't want to say it's hard to justify, but like if you're under five hundred and you can't crack that top five, like it might be rough. To, yeah. to. Also, so, didn't she? Did, wasn't though, there like a lot of I, drama on her social media a couple months ago? I don't know uh, what happened. With that. Yeah, her, she, I don't uh, know. I just remember her, inconclusive. Her, her partner, her right. um, her partner. Um, it was it got ugly. There were there were mm-hmm. a lot of I think maybe some custody type stuff. Yes, yeah. for, for their child. So uh, uh, cl- claims of domestic violence. No charges yeah. were filed, but yes, claims of domestic violence. So that should be noted. Absolutely. Um, so the thing about uh, Sarge, though, just to get back to her fight on Saturday is. I didn't know. I, I totally forgot. She's dropping back down to 125, uh, yep. which had been a big problem for her in the past. But she hit 125 on the dot. She probably just tweeted uh, championship weight. So, you know, well done there. Uh, she's number 12. Going into this, she was number 12 in our rankings at 135. And now she's returning to flyweight where she almost, let's not forget, also almost fought for the inaugural uh, <laughs> UFC flyweight title, except she unfortunately missed weight for that opportunity. And uh, that is how we ended up with with uh, Nico Montano going on to win the. I don't know if um, she missed weight, didn't Butler. she? Just she just she pulled out, right? She, she pulled out. It, it didn't was, even take it, the scale. It was weight. Yeah, it was weight. One, one of those things. Pretty yeah, clearly, yeah. yeah, she wasn't going to make it. She had problems making weight in the show. I mean, there was a whole episode of the show dedicated to her really, really struggling to make weight. So, mm-hmm. um, so so yeah, that was an issue. But now she made one twenty five. As you said, she's a bit up there in age, but yeah, has always been a tough out. Was top fifteen ranked at one thirty five for us. Does hold a win over uh, Lauren Murphy. Current Lauren Murphy, number one. This is a Roxanne, long time ago. She, her, sure. she has two wins over, like she has a win over Lauren Murphy and Roxanne Modafferi mm-hmm. and Julia Avila. Julia Avila, who, 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 we're all, who we're always hyping up, and we're always hyping up Julia Avila, yeah. and and she lost to Sajari Eubank. So yeah, big big make or break fight. A lot of hype around Elise Reed, uh, but she is a straw weight. She's stepping in on less than a month's notice. She's fought as low as Adam weight as well. So. Mm-hmm. There will be a big, big, big size disadvantage going yeah. to this one. Um, she certainly has a chance, but it does, you know, the odds are, you know, you would think that this would be Sajara Eubanks' fight to lose. But a lot of hype around Elise Reed, just maybe when she drops back down to 115. So, yeah, that's definitely one to watch. Uh, damn, guys, I think we've kind of gone up and down the card. Uh, so we can probably take some questions. Casey, I had to read one comment from before. It's coming from one of the funniest names I've seen. Uh, well, the comment is all caps, uh, don't hate on Kyler Phillips. It's a co-main now. Too bad, suckers. I think the suckers is us. Carla uh, Phillips is sharp, p- 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 five Ps sharp on the feet. Watch him piece up everyone. And this comment came from a, this comment came from someone named <laughs> Casey. You're gonna love this. Mixed partial farts. <laughs> Mixed partial farts. <laughs> 
you, sir, are a good fighter. You, sir, are Mr. <laughs> All right, I hope you're still watching. <laughs> oh, let's go to the let's go to the right. questions, please. Let's get to it. Like we make three questions. Um, this is in reference to what we were talking about oh, uh, earlier about um, people basically owning up to uh, PEDs. Mm. Yes, I wanted to. Yes, I saw this from Takeral Man ninety one earlier. Uh, Ortega is not really ever praised for admitting being on steroids after he got caught. I'll start this off by saying he might not be praised for it. It also never gets brought up. So that is the kind of reward for however uh, – I, I actually don't remember how he handled yeah. it exactly. It's because uh, it, yeah, it, yeah. it was his first ever UFC fight. And it was okay. – so that was seven, eight years ago. And he which, got, he won, he, which he won. He won the fight. Yeah, by in like yeah. a minute, in like a minute yeah. or 90 seconds over. Yeah, yeah. I can't even Smoke remember. Up. Like Mike, Mike Delatore maybe? Yeah, can't that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like that long the ago. Computer, the so, computer. Look at this guy. <laughs> Because I, I, so I just I've had this conversation with people before, like, oh, how come no one hmm. talks about? It? I'm like, well, he admitted it, yeah. and yep. it was so long ago, and he's ha- so he's almost had ten years of of, of negative tests, yeah, and it looks better than ever. That's it, yeah. That's, and, and, that's what it takes sometimes. And unfortunately, when TJ got popped, he didn't get popped in his fight fighting, you know, whoever on some prelim, right. you know, he got popped in a championship fight for a main event. So I'm yeah, just, people, I'm people, looking it's, it up. It's gonna stick out a see. lot more. A main event fight that he lost in like 30 seconds. So like it was yeah. the perfect storm of people wanting yeah. to just pile on him. Uh, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not warranted, by the way. I'm not judging crit- people who still want to criticize T.J. Dillashaw. I, to- I absolutely I understand. Uh, again, that's part of the intrigue, as you mentioned, way at the top of the show heading into this. There's just so many ways to look at it. I saw um, a tweet from um, a colleague of ours, RJ Clifford, and he kind of mm-hmm. compared the punishments you get in different leagues versus what um tj got in mma and basically saying you know it was just i mean he understands this is this is a fight sport so it's different but at what point at what point are we just kicking a man while he's down you know where you know what i mean like at what point is okay you did your time Mm -hmm. if you pass this if you pass your next drug test like all 11 drug tests throughout 2021 and your drug test for this fight coming saturday is it old news at that point? Is it? I mean, I know fighters are going to be kind of jerks and fans are going to be jerks, but from the media standpoint, is that just old news now? Well, for Depends me, on- for, if you're if you if you if you cheat, for me, you are essentially a cheater for for life. I mean, there are there are Aren't there degrees of cheating. Like like there are degrees. Like, absolutely. Like, like, and like walking is breaking the law and murder and, is breaking and the law. And, and, and there are like cases. That. And there and, and and I absolutely believe some cases. Taint, you know, t- tainted supplement cases. I know it's kind of. A lot of fans are skeptical. Everyone, I, I, and I, I'm saying, don't believe every case. But if you know what goes on in the supplement business, there are definitely supplements that 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 have stuff in them that the fighters don't know about. Some for some of the fighters to work around, whatever. But I, I don't have like a super hard fast rule. But but generally in this situation, especially when if someone comes forward and says, "Yes, I cheated," uh, I'm always going to view the, their career through that lens it happens with anderson silva too and i understand him i mean he i, I think he took, had a broken leg i think he wanted to recover as quickly as possible he took banned substances that he he, he wasn't allowed to take and that's and that's it he, he broke the rules you can say it's justified or not you can say whether he's a cheater throughout his career or not but these things just become, just become part of someone's history so that that and again that's just me I, I i'm not saying objectively that's how everyone should should live their life but uh for in this case where someone admits they did it and they admit it i'm always just kind of look at everything they do with with a little I don't know. You know, a little bit of a one, a wonder, a wondering if if they're they're still uh, trying to beat the system. You know. I just looked up Brian Ortega's uh, statement, and it's like mm-hmm. 
anyone that tests positive for and gets sure. well, a a don't take don't take them. But if you get caught, it's like <laughs> he just lays it. He goes, yeah, my coaches didn't know it. I apologize, and I'd rather lose a fair fight to an opponent than take banned substances moving forward. No. There you go. Good on you. And, and yeah, again, and and like I said, it happened very very low profile. First UFC fight, no one even knew who Brian Ortega was. There you go. That's that's so he he got away. Uh, the profile for the picture of the article is literally him with shaved like the last time he had shaved head. Like again, from that point on, he just grew it out. <laughs> there you go. It's a totally different man. It's it's in it's in the past now. But yeah, never gets brought up. Uh, could this happen for TJ someday? Again, doubtful. It happened while he was champion. He had to relinquish a title. He was coming off of a flyweight title fight. Um, but based on some of the sentiment I'm seeing, you kind of mentioned RJ Clifford's uh, suggestion. Casey is like, is there a point where you know how yeah, how, how now, where we just where we forgive and move on? I don't know. Yeah. That's that's for every every individual yeah, yeah. person to, to say. What do we got, Casey? Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I just. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Oh, this look! I do, I do think this needs to be answered. Connor Thompson wants to know, Jose. This, this, this man has thousands of anime behind him. Do we really trust his opinion, Jose? The floor is yours. I don't have any anime behind me. Boom! Take that. Oh, None. tell him, tell him, tell him the difference. None. Tell him the difference, Jose. This man anime doesn't know. An, anime is an animated show or movie. Yes. You Come want. on, Connor. Come on. I just Connor don't. Thompson. I don't have any anime behind me. Yeah. Come I have on, a handful Connor of. Thompson. I have a bunch of manga to the to the right of me, but behind me, there's no Japanese anything. It's all over here to the right, but not behind me. <laughs> you suck, Connor. You suck. Yeah, we live in fashion, oh, my guy. Connor Thompson, I am sorry. Usagi Ojumbo, uh, Usagi Ojumbo is, tech, is based in Japan, but is an English is like written for the English 
speakers. What a schooling. What a schooling. Oh, media on fan violence. <laughs> ah, yes. Our, our old friend Scott McCrate. So great that Cruz is calling this fight. Cruz gets the loser of this fight. Yeah, I, especially if it's Dillashaw, that's was- a rematch I, I've wanted to see forever. Guys, what do you think? Yeah. If, TJ, if TJ loses, that's a that's definitely a possibility. If Sanhagen loses, um, not we'll have, much. What's do you remember? Like Casey, for like two years, you've been calling for TJ Uriah favor. Is that still your fight? Oh, well, I wanted this fight to be TJ versus Uriah, but sure. um, so if, if he loses, why not make it? Well, that's if TJ lo- TJ's in that position. If he loses, there's still a, a, so many options for him because he's such mm-hmm. a a name and a kind of a villain in the sport. So it's, it's an easy sell. People want to see him lose mm-hmm. now or see him win or whatever. So, uh, yeah, if you're, if TJ looks horrible, then yeah, I, every single bantamweight will be coming out of retirement to try to fight TJ. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if TJ, if TJ loses and looks bad too, not just, there's you no, know, there's good losses and bad losses, you know, so we'll see. Oh, yeah, I, I would like, your, your eyes a, still in the gym. Your eyes still in the gym. So I would still like to see that fight. Wait, that never, fight, that never happened. Yeah, it's Cruz. I see a commenter, MMA dog. I see MMA dog in the comments saying uh, he says DC and Felder are calling the fight. Is Cruz just on the desk? Is he doing the desk or is he going to call? No, the I think card? I think he's calling. From what I from okay. what I've read, I remember reading it like Dominic oh, Cruz to call TJ's return or something like that. I like that. I mean, I, ho- I hope it's Dom. I hope it's Dom. I hope it's uh, Dom in uh, general. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I uh, don't always love uh, – yeah, I believe he is supposed to be calling the fight. I don't always love uh, how biased Dominic Cruz can be, but this is one situation where I want him to be as biased as possible. <laughs> I want to know everything that he's thinking while he's watching this fight. Give me give me that uh, MMA doctor. Uri- Sorry, Cruz. Uriah Faber has been tested three it. times in USADA yeah. in 2021. Mm-hmm. So he's still in the USADA pool too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. he, said, he said he's just waiting for the right fight. Joseph, another old friend of ours, Joseph Boza. Did this card suffer from a lack of big names outside of TJ's return no. after 30 months? No, exactly. This card suffers from nothing. No, this card suffers from no. nothing. What is this? No, this, this is, a, this is a fight night card. This card yeah. is for outside the main event, maybe co-main. Don't expect big names on these cards, but expect good fighters who are on their way to becoming big names. And that's what fight night cards are. So, uh in 2008 and 19, if I told you that Corey Sanhagen and TJ Dillashaw are fighting in the main event, you would probably assume that there's a high chance that this it's a pay-per-view for a title. Yeah. This fight card, this main event is incredible, and the rest of the card is exactly what it should be. Yeah. Fantastic. You're going to tune in for the main event, and you're going to catch a lot of up-and-coming people that you should remember. Which is how yeah, fight night should be laid out, yeah. I like, that. I like it. Like, like Casey said, these could be future big names: Kyler Phillips, uh, Miranda Maverick. If the main event, yeah. if the main event Adrian was on a paper, if the main event was just on a pay per view card, but not the main event, I would demand this would be one of those five round non title fights that yeah. they're yes. doing now. Yes. Oh yeah, this fight was, was three rounds. Of, yeah, we would be we would be stupid. looking at this going like, oh, no. stupid. Yeah, we, we, yeah. All right. All right, just Bozzi, your question got the guys all worked up. Jesus, yeah. right. <laughs> big names is also just—it's also big names is a subjective term. Like yeah. to me, Kyle Phillips is a big name in the Arizona scene, but like to like it's like Randy Koss is a big name in the the Northeast scene. So it's, yeah. it just depends it's on. It's not like, like we all geographical. 
it's not like a Ryan Hall. That's a big name to everybody. You know what I mean? It's there's there's different kinds of big names. Uh, what is next for? I like we've mentioned Ryan Hall twice on this episode. It's good. It's good. I like that. <laughs> I, I, just, I just wish he'd fought recently. Uh, what was the uh, what's the next question? Okay, let's get a couple more in here. Yeah, we got some more. Antoine Antoine Willis. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Would you guys say the main event is basically an interim title fight? Jose already shaking his head. There's so many prospect matchups that could make this. And there's so many prospect matchups that this that could make this a pay-per-view card, I believe Antoine is saying. So uh actually imagine if they did throw an interim title fight on this. No. Imagine like, a couple no. weeks ago. Might, well, why no. not though? I mean, it should be Yon. Because it, I think it would need to be Yon. Yon has else. to be involved. If it's yeah, an interim okay. title fight, Yon has to be involved. I will have we said this on, <laughs> on the A-side. A-side, yeah. I would have no problem, especially if Algerman, because you can't mess around with neck injuries like Algerman say. I know he said he wants to fight on the MSG card, but if he's not cleared, yeah. I have no problem if the main event winner fights Jan for an intra title, just so Alderman can heal up. I have no problem with that. Exactly what Jose said. Exactly what Jose. Okay. Said. I you know I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I shouldn't even. <laughs> tell, some, tell someone in the comments, uh, sneakers da two one nine says Kyler Phillips' mom doesn't even know his name. So I guess we're trying to run down it. I I don't understand people taking. Like you know why he said that? Do you know why he said that? Because he wanted you to read it out loud. That is why that individual said it. It worked. Congratulations. I don't understand fans who take pride, or maybe that's the wrong word for it, but are are so open about like I don't know who these people are. I'm like, buddy, I'm just gonna say it. That says more about you as an MMA fan than it does about the fighters. I'm sorry, and maybe it also says something about the UFC's promotion abilities. But these are future again. Like I said, these are future names that you want to keep an eye on. Don't be that guy who like. Tests, you also, you know, I don't think ever, I know. I know a lot of people in general just like to if if they don't know something, they immediately blame the UFC for everything. If you don't know him, you don't. You just haven't watched him fight. Now you can learn who he yeah. is. Like that's just how it is. Don't yeah. what, don't don't use the UFC not promoting someone as an excuse sure. not to know a top sure. fifteen fighter. Yeah. If you watched. If you watch Kyler Phillips' first two UFC fights and you're like, oh, I don't know who Kyler Phillips is, then you're just an idiot. That's, 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 no, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, maybe you don't quite remember. Maybe you don't quite remember the name, but this is a guy, if you had seen him fight before, you're like, holy crap, this guy is a. And, and you are correct. You are correct. We watch a lot of fights, and honestly, I, I've seen, like, I can name a few fighters on this card, whatever. But, you know, you, I go, I go, I've never seen it. Who's fighting? I go, I've never heard of him. Then I realized, wait, I've seen three of his fights. Right. Yeah, I right. remember Kyler Phillips. I remember his look. I remember the way he talks. He's, he's got that it back. He, he moves the needle. The, he just has he to now win. Should have, he should have, he fought on the contender series and should have gotten a contract. He wanted 40 seconds, if I remember correctly. And what, he didn't get a contract. What season? Was it, was it like the early seasons when no. he was actually... It was the later no. seasons when all you season had to do four. was wow. season four. Yeah, he I won. Guess. He was undefeated in one of in like violent. It was like elbows and like punches and elbows, and he won. And then now, to be fair, he did lose a split decision in his first regional fight after that, but then got a head kick knockout in the card I watched in Phoenix, the LFA card, and then got immediately got thrown to the UFC and hasn't lost since. I bet he got a better contract. By not signing the contender series, but that card, that card, uh, that LFA card I went to had, I think, a UFC fighter in every fight on the main card. I like current. Uh, sorry, just a few more comments here. Dalton S saying this is <laughs> this is such a perspective of people who are not watching these fights on European time till six a.m. Dalton S, I feel for you, it's but true. this is yeah, one. That's a good point. But, 
That's a fair point. point. But I would say I would say for next week, if you hear us like talking up next week's card, then you're definitely like, okay, well, this yeah. is because you guys have the luxury of watching it at a reasonable time. That is absolutely correct, uh, Dalton, as I sympathize. But this is one worth staying up for slash getting up early for. I don't know how you guys do it over there. Uh, David Sandino says, Kyler Phillips is mixed partial farts, which I think is a compliment now. That's I'm not sure. Yeah. And uh, Azan Zaman on that saying, this is a showcase fight for Kyler Phillips. It probably is. He was originally supposed to, again, he was originally supposed to fight Rafael Asensau, which would have been a, a which much is a more competitive giant jump fight. up in competition. Ah, okay. So jump I just want to, yeah. I want to add one thing because I looked up because I wanted to see who got the contracts during that fight card that he didn't. Uh, Julian Marquez, who is very popular, uh, Brandon yes. Davis won. And then Kyler Phillips, I think, was only 3-0 or 2-0 or something like that. And so he didn't get a contract, but he got put into the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, so he's still oh, technically on a path. Yeah. He was, and he lost to, um, what's his name, the Canadian guy. My, or one of my Canadian boys. What's his name? Help me. The, 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 the Clark Cantona. Katona? Katona, yeah. He lost to Brad. Yeah, who won the series? Who won the series? The UFC cut Katona. The first Canadian Canadian to win a non, like, all Canadian slash all Australian people. I was a Katona fan. He was such a proud nerd. He's and great. And he usually got rid of him after one loss or whatever. Uh, no, no he, uh, it was not one loss. Well, was, he, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he was still good. He 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 was UFC level. He lost. But we're not good. He, he really lost. Good. He Rob lost two in fights there, right? in a row, and I don't think won Rob. a single second of either fight. And yeah, but again, like it, it was to Marab and Hunter Azure, yeah. who are very yeah, good yeah. fighters. He'll be back. He'll be back. Yeah, He'll right, be back. Um, oh, but yeah, but obviously, but going back to is the UFC promoting Kyler Phillips? They moved him to the co-main event on a very good fight night card. They could have moved a lot of fights to that co-main event. They yeah. chose Kyler Phillips, so even well, though initially again. they weren't the, the promotional machine wasn't maybe behind them. There's a little bit of the UFC definitely sees something in Kyler Phillips. That's why he's this high on the card. Someone, so. someone tweeted, and I, I just want to bring. I can't. I apologize if I can't remember who saw it, but like if you see Kyler Phillips fight, he has like the cornrows and the beard. And someone goes, the only reason Kyler Phillips is in the co-main event is in case a casual fan goes, oh, Jorge Masvidal is fighting, and then they just keep watching. <laughs> oh, they, they mistake oh. Kyler Phillips for Jorge Masvidal. Oh. So virtually, virtually, <laughs> which identical? is which is obviously not true, but it is absolutely hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Casey, I think what you're saying really more speaks to just the, the one thing we'll never question about the UFC. I know we criticize the UFC and Dana White all the time is their level of t- talent acquisition is crazy. I mean, they can, like you said, they've just kind of now fallen bass backwards into a, I think is a high quality bantamweight main event, but that wasn't the original plan. They had another good, I'm not blaming them. They had another good main event set. Another good bantamweight fight. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not blaming them for that, but, uh, yeah, there's just so much talent in the UFC. Again, we can criticize all we want. You're going to get like th- three out of four quality cards every month, if not four, plus everything else that's going, like we said, Bellator next week, but we'll talk about that, uh, more about that next Thank week. You. Let's go with this last question. Uh, MMA dog who's been with us from the beginning of this show has been watching this whole time and providing lots of great comments. Thank you. MMA dog. Um, and what a cute dog in the picture. What is the talk of Barber being cut if she loses? Uh, okay, I don't know if I heard that. She's young and exciting. People would like to love her or hate her. Why would the UFC gift her to Bellator where Barber would be a top five? Well, let me first say, I don't know if she would. I don't, Bellator's uh, flyweight division is good. So Every, I, everything kind of made sense to the very last line, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll start from the from the back. I'll just say because I don't know if you guys need to address this, but Beltor's flyweight division is really good. I, I do not think she's automatically a top five uh, flyweight. She might not be in the top ten. It's a very strong division. Yeah, that's um, just, but go on. yeah. But uh, I don't know. Is there uh, Jose? Again, usually you know me. I I don't actually watch MMA. 
Uh, I don't mm-hmm. actually watch interviews. Has there been? Mm-hmm. I don't listen to. I don't. I definitely don't listen to people talk about MMA, which is like, why would anybody do that? Uh, mm-hmm. So, what is? Have you heard this that she might get cut? It should be three. This would be three straight. Guys, be three straight. Yeah, she's on her first losing streak. Three straight if she loses. Do yeah, you, I just, I just think people are going off of history. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you lose three in a row. It's not good right. for your career. But like, oh, and I think she would be top ten right away. In Bellator, I think, especially at flyweight, like I think she's the better fighter than Valerie Lareda, who is in the top ten. Oh, is uh, she? And Hannah, and Hannah <laughs> guy, like both of those, and nothing against those women. I think they're incredibly high level martial yeah, arts. Yeah. I just they're think they're just very young. They're just very young. Like the like yeah. D- Diana asked, I can't pronounce her last name. She's just four and zero. Oh. And then after that, like Alejandra, Lara, and and Vita are like nine and four, six and four. So like Macy could be top five just by default. Like, would she be Alimale, Liz Carmouche, or Juliana? No, 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 no. no. But like by default, she might be top five, and she hits really hard for flyaway. So I, but she's not going to get cut because uh, no, no. she lost to Roxanne Modafferi, who has does does I was trying to figure this out. Does Roxanne Modafferi have the most fights in the history of women's MMA? She's way so up there, if not. This top. came up. This came up recently. Either. Oh gosh, and 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 she made a comment like that's she said if you count her something like her ultimate fighter fight and if you count yeah her, I'm counting all like how many fights do you think her, she her, has where it wasn't like considered professional because like they yeah, like exactly. women's MMA yeah. was treated so differently like she has fought in every like promotion and ever and like she's she's fought everybody so uh, yeah she blew her knee out but I still would have favored Roxanne in that fight in general and then uh, Alexa Grosso is an incredibly high level fighter too like she was. Like she just can't make one fifteen, but she was on the fast track to fight for one the strawweight title before like weight issues kind of derailed that. And then that fight was awesome against Alexa Grosso. Like Macy Barber like stunned Grosso a lot. She just got boxed up by a better striker. So if you lose to Miranda Maverick, who Casey and Alex and everyone kind of agrees is a future contender, that's three. Like you're losing. Like is Dominic should Dominic Reyes get cut? No. He's lost to like the champ, the former champ, and who many people yeah. consider to be the the next number one contender. And I I know there are two two there's a lot of two different people, but like I, I compare Barbara to Jeremy Stevens in a bit because people are like, oh, Jeremy Stevens needs to be cut. It's like I was like, well, yeah, if you just go strict strictly losses, yes, you know, if Barbara loses three in a row, especially bad, yeah, there's she could be cut. You can be cut off one loss in the UFC, but level of competition is all that freaking matters in this sport. And just like Jose said, she she lost. She's until Barbara loses to I don't know who whoever you think is the worst UFC yeah. lightweight. If she gets smoked by whoever you think that person is, then maybe we can talk. But Miranda Maverick clearly is not the worst flyweight. She's probably no. the best. It just she just needs a, a a fight to prove it, and that's why I think we're going to see Saturday. But she she ain't going to get cut if she loses. And but when I talk about uh, Jeremy Stevens, me- Jeremy Stevens, even though he's lost like six in a row or something like that. He's losing to just top tier fighters until he loses to schlubs at the very bottom end of the rankings. Then we can talk. So and let like, me uh, uh, let me go back to the point about Matafari having the most fights. So our our pal Drake Riggs tweeted uh, a few weeks ago. He said with the with the booking of Roxanne Matafari and Tatiana Suarez, September twenty fifth, UFC two sixty six. Uh, Roxanne ties the current record for most MMA fights for a woman in MMA history. Wow. She'll join the likes of Satoki Shinashi and Masako Yoshida uh, at, go. at age 44. And then, and then, uh, uh Modifier so responded. So clearly, saying, the most, the, clearly she said the she most. Respo- she responded. She responded saying, "Thank you for realizing that." 
And if you count Ultimate Fighter fights, I've already, I've already won. Yeah. I already have. And regardless, like she has the most for a Westerner, like mm-hmm. easy, like by yeah. a like like a by a long like how many fights did she have before Macy Barber even had a pro fight? I was gonna say was born a ton. Uh, yeah, I was gonna I, say I, I, I have, was born. <laughs> she was born. Uh, yeah, no, because again, yeah, she's forty four, so uh, it's very possible she was definitely doing martial arts. Roxanne Modafari has more wins than Macy Barber has years on this earth. Yes, this is correct. <laughs> yeah. She has twenty five uh, wins, and Macy Barber is twenty three. And I'm glad what you guys were saying about records in regards to Roxanne Metafari and Jeremy Stevens, because just before we close out here, I'm going to plug, I, I have an art, an interview with the GOAT, Artem Lobov, which is probably going to go up in about, uh, I mean, I guess by the time, well, about an hour after this, and by the time we have a post for this ready on the site, uh, where he talks about the very, pa- and he, he's talked about this before, very passionate about how his record, which is below 500 in MMA, he's like, does not reflect how good a fighter I am. He's like, from day one, all I want to do is fight the best guys. I never ducked anybody. So he just, he's like, I hope, he did. Someday, he says, no, I yeah, hope he never ducked anybody. Yeah. He says, I hope fans are, are educated about this and look past records, padded records, guys like 18 and 1, 20 and 1, haven't fought nobody. So, anyway, look for that interview on yeah. MMAfight.com. I, I, I miss Artem Lobov. I want yeah. him he's back, back in MMA yeah. He's back Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. And, and, and the, the help, the, the Bell of Hay, right? He's yeah. fighting that league, not, right? No, no, no. He'll be surrounded by sandbags. Okay? Oh, sandbags, yeah. Let me just tell you, bare knuckle, uh, uh, Mah- this is Mahach FC bare knuckle fighting, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time uh, to- on Saturday, Fight TV. You can find it. I think it's only $9.99. And, uh, and that might be Canadian, so it'd be even cheaper. Uh, so uh, so $9.99 Canadian. And uh, he's in the main event. I can say silver, <laughs> Olympic silver medalist in boxing, Dennis Baranchik, uh, who was yeah. 50 to know at the threshold. So this is a real fight. And yes, they will be surrounded Artem, by Artem says no. Artem will never say, turn down never. a fight. I he remember he... Our own PC, our former colleague PC Carroll, uh, would say like the, like because he kept trying to get in the UFC, and Sean Shelby would be like, "Ah, just win like win two more, then two in a row, and then he just booked two fights in two weeks, (laughs) just because he wanted to plow through them, and he would like Uh, fly to countries without coaches just to fight people. So that dude's about that life. Yeah, and uh, Casey, they will not be wearing jeans. I don't know if you've seen them. I was, about to say, also, I was like, that's no, no, no. To, I, you don't get paid unless you're wearing jeans. I literally asked him, "Will you be wearing jeans?" He says, "They'll probably be wearing more traditional shorts or boxing shorts. So, there will be no so jeans." So jeans, shorts, you're saying? He says he's going to use. He says the sandbags he's going to use in the fight too. Not like hit him with it, but like it'll corner him and like. I don't know, strangle him over. The, I'm not sure. I don't know how the league works. But uh, Roberto Barrientos in the comments says, Artem the GOAT needs to fight MMA again. He's not, he told me he's not ruled it out. He says that's still his number one, still his number one passion. He loves bare knuckle. Mm-hmm. He thinks bare knuckle is the future of combat sports, but he loves MMA. So fingers crossed. He was supposed to fight in MMA last December. Uh, COVID uh, had caught that, uh, canceled that fight in, in Paris. So uh, I think we will see him fight again. But Casey, I think we've gone. Quite a long time. Wait, 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 again, real quick, part. real quick, yeah, real quick, real quick. Send us, yeah, so let the real listeners quick. send us home. Who's who? Jed? Who? Don't know. I literally know who, who? Jed is. I think it's the time. Well, that's all, the, that's all the time we have here, folks. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I do not know who Scott McCrate is talking about. I'm sure he's a very nice man, or actually probably not based on his name. But uh, thank you for joining us on the preview show today. Mike Heck, I assume, will be back next week. He is covering BKFC, by the way, guys. Yeah, tonight, he, might, he might be back for the post show tomorrow. Yeah. He'll be back, and will he be on the pre... Can, can I tell people he'll be on the pre-fight, Jose? Or is that No, because that's still up in the air, so I don't want to okay. give people their hopes up. So okay. TBD, will, but not looking likely. I will probably be there. Jose, will you be there? If you ask nicely. Okay. Casey, I assume you will be there. Either way, someone will be here to answer your pre-fight questions. 3.30... PM Eastern Time, 12 30 
Pacific time. Uh, preliminaries are scheduled to start at 4 p.m. ET, fingers crossed. Main card at 7 p.m. ET for UFC Vegas 32. Be there. We're going to be there, guys. Thank you. Britton Hart versus Jimmy Savage. Fight of the night. Feeling. A feeling married feeling. a human man. A human man married a feeling this week. Happy birthday, AK. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.